in. I don't know. I've been standing here for like half an hour now. I keep, I'm just, I'm pulling, I'm, I'm pulling. And it would be today, wouldn't it, right? Yeah. They've got all the skits on. There's things they've watched, things they've listened to, things they've played. And, and pulling's not working. No, I've just been pulling the you know, pulling the thing to try and get it to, to do the thing. To, to, to let us in. To, to let us in, to get, yeah. to get started on the whole thing. It's like Queen Pleasant Strangers, right there. I just want to, just want to get in. I, I mean... Any, anything else at all we can try? Hmm. Ah. We, we could push to open. <laughs> Greetings, strangers, queer and pleasant. I'm not Laura Kate Dale. And I'm not Jane Eris Magnet. And welcome to another episode of Queer and Pleasant Strangers, that podcast where two queer trans ladies talk about our weeks and do some silly voices and skits and generally just have a bit of a nerdy catch-up. That's us. Yeah. How are you doing this week? I'm sleepy. Same. Last night was my first time doing new routine for a Monday, which is work until six and then live stream until one and then pixel squirt. I'm a a sleepy gal today. Mm -hmm. And I'm just bad at going to sleep when I'm not sleeping with somebody else. See, this is... This is usually it, is the two of us are up at, like, a similar time, and it's... Our routines usually remind each other to go to bed. It's not just going to bed, it's getting into bed and then going to sleep. Yeah. It's much easier when you're matching somebody else's breathing pattern. Yeah, I've I've just (laughs) gone and disrupted the whole routine here, haven't I? (laughs) We're all exhausted. Uh, It's fine, it'll settle down (laughs) soon enough, I'm sure. I have no doubt whatsoever. (laughs) Hee hee hee. Right, uh, shall we start with things that we've played, which Mm. is usually where Mm. we start? Mm. What what have you been playing this week? It's not been a play-heavy week, but we we have played some some Magic the Gathering together. Yeah. You've played my shiny new red deck, which wins. It does, in (laughs) fact, win. You you made a deck deck that wins. (laughs) And and it is a mono red, because that's what mono red do. Yeah, it it is a good deck at... um, Getting out lots and lots of things that do damage and doing lots of damage, and I particularly like its big heavy hitter card if you can get to seven lands. Mm-hmm. That thing where it's like seven damage to three targets plus seven damage to uh, the the player. Yep. I mean, it can do something other than that, but not in a mono red deck. <laughs> yes, it, it, it's basically like usually it's uh, you can split the damage between three things. It's like no, do do uh, do seven damage to each thing. And the person. Do like, oh. 28 damage split between four targets. Yeah, that's that's a fucking, like, that's, that's... If you can get it out early enough that the deck you were using hasn't pumped things up above seven, it's it can be a game finisher. And it was on at least two occasions. Indeed. Do you want to talk about the deck you were using? Uh, I built my Selesnia deck. But as a as as a real deck, this is the one you've been using in Magic: The Gathering Arena, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. So I've been using a, a like a green white enchantment deck for a couple of weeks now. Yeah. And I was like, can I build that IRL? Do I have all the bits? Yes, a lot of the bits. I had most of the bits. I didn't have a single all that glitters. Yeah. Um, I was like, of all the cards I've got, I don't have a single all that glitters, and I need a playset of four. So I grabbed that. Um, I picked up like three, literally just like three more cards today. Yeah. Um. A uh, Alcyon of Life Bounty, Warblood Briar Blessing, and Sentinel's Eyes. And most of what you've been picking up is 10, 20p commons. Yeah, yeah all know. commons and uncommons. You've, um, the, the stuff in your arena deck that's expensive, you've just been like, ah, oh, I'll sub that out for something cheap. Yeah, like, so there's, uh, I think it's, um, 
Temple Garden, which mm. is a like a green white jewel shock land. Mm. And I'm like, I can't afford a tenner for a fucking jewel land. <laughs> I've got some I've got some green white lands. Uh one's a scry land, I think one's uh gives you life. Uh and that will do I've got one fabled passage as opposed to a full place out of four, because that's all I've got. Yeah. Um I've actually found it a lot easier to play with more basic land in it. Than, yeah. than I've been playing it online with a full set of um, Temple Gardens and, and Fable Passage. Yeah. So, so it's been nice to do it. And there's, there's oh, and the Satessan Champions, again, they're like, I think they're about like £3 each. I don't have those. It would be nice to have the extra card draw, but I swapped those out for some, um, uh, oh, one of the Debbie Gods from Theros that's got mm. like, um, play an extra land. Which is nice in a deck that's got lots of card draw, because you can just go, oh, I'll, I'll just play an extra land, shall I? I ha ha ha. <laughs> I, I will try and summarise this deck you're using for people that aren't magic people. Um, You've got a bunch of cards that will take your monsters and make them exponentially get stronger real quick. Mm -hmm. Lots of things that let like, you look at the t top cards of your deck and decide, eh, do I want that or do I, you know, chuck need that, that now or later. Yeah. Um... And a lot of ability to give your creatures abilities that are like, every time they attack, they gain that much health, and that works really nicely with the fact that they're getting stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger, and they have really high defense, so it's hard to beat them, and if they attack, you'll regain a bunch of health, and mm -hmm. that deck can get very scary very quick. Yeah. There's a lot of... There's one card you've got, the Hydra one, that is doubles the bonus it gives to your stats every turn. Yeah, like so that's the one that one, I plus one counters on it, it will double the number every beginning of That's the one I every time I see you play it I'm like, do I have the thing that can smack that down before it gets scary? Because <laughs> I need to smack that down before it gets scary. And then I carry Metris blessing it so it becomes in indestructible for a round. Yep. <laughs> yep. Uh yeah, I'm having a lot of I'm actually having more fun playing that in paper form than I do online. It's it's a really fun deck to play against. I might I might see if I can fuck around with my online online version. I don't know if it's just the shuffling or what, but yeah, something it, about playing it IRL has it, been a lot more. fun. It was an intimidating deck to play against, but a fun deck to play against. Yes, it, it's specifically designed. Uh, I was sold that deck as this crushes mono red decks. I mean. You were doing real good last night. I don't know how it will do against other things, but it was fun to play. Yeah, I, I'm up for playing more of that mono red versus green white in the future. Mm -hmm. I also want to work some more on my blue black deck because yeah. we played a couple of games with that and it was bad. It was having a rough time. It was having a real bad time. So I've taken out some of the more expensive stuff. I put some... Um, just some real cheap uh, wall creatures in there because yeah. really all they need to do is stand there and help me not die. Yeah. Because it's a mill deck, basically. <laughs> it's got uh, Ashiok uh, Dreamweaver, I think, and Ashiok Nightmare Muse, so it is all about milling cards and like a bunch of Sweet Oblivion. Yeah. Yeah, it's been, it's, it's been fun making decks. I'm, I'm glad that we're getting to play some paper ones. I just hope we get more time to do so soon. Indeed. And what about... Um, oh, I've also been playing more Magic Arena. Yeah. But the same deck, because that's all I can is, afford. Is that everything you've played this that's, week? Mm, there's one other thing I've played. Okay, that, I've, that, I've got like a bunch of things. I'm going to crack through a few, a few things. So, mm -hmm. I played a game called Speed Dating for Ghosts. Yeah? You play as a ghost who goes on various speed dating dates. Uh, 
There are three different rooms that you can, that are all different themes, and each one has three ghosts, and you basically, you chat with them for a couple of minutes, you move to the next, you move to the next, you come back round to the first one, and you, you date each of the three a second, uh, a second time. Um, usually the first time you chat with each ghost is very setting the scene, getting to know, like, the general concept of the ghost. Very much like, here is the tone of them. And then the second time you chat to them is when you can start delving more into, like, getting the nitty-gritty of what their deal is. Um, it's very much a text, uh, choose-what-to-say kind of adventure mm -hmm. and see how you get on with them. At the end of dating each of your three ghosts, uh, three ghosts in each room, so there's, like, nine total, um, they'll make it clear if they liked you or not and the answers you gave, and you can pick one of them to go on a date with. And the characterization of these ghosts is really interesting because it's uh, it, it's a lot of looking at different ways to how you would spend an afterlife if you suddenly didn't have most of your hierarchy of needs to deal with. If you didn't have to worry about making money, finding shelter, mm. like you could just kind of do what you want. How do you want to spend your time? Uh, so for example... There's one ghost that's like, it looks like a little old lady, but just like a little bubble. It's just like a bubble with like little old lady reading glasses and bags under her eyes. Hmm. And her whole thing is, hey, I lived a good long life, but I know that, you know, death is real scary. So I go to shitty nurse nursing homes and like use um, the ability to move things slightly to like ring the bell to try and get nurses to come if someone needs help. Or if someone's about to pass away, I whisper in their ear and go, hey, it's okay, there is something beyond this, you're going to be alright. And basically just tries to make things better for others. Hmm. Or there's one ghost whose whole deal was, in life I robbed banks, now I'm invisible, no one can stop me. Oh, yeah. yeah, he just, you sit down across from him and he's just like, do you want to rob a bank? I've got plans. <laughs> And, like, both of your rounds of talking to him are just like, are, are you in? Are you in? Because we could totally go rob a bank, and it'd be real <laughs> fun. Um, I'm trying to think of some other good examples. Are you, are you also portrayed to be a ghost in this? Uh, yes, you are oh, okay. also a ghost in this. You you are also a ghost, and you can sort of make decisions about what kind of ghost you like are. It's not like Hatterfall Boyfriend, where everyone no, else is a bad. No, no, no. It's, very little is said about you other than the answers you give. So, like, you might get asked, you know, are you the kind of ghost that enjoys, you know, playing pranks on people who are still alive? Or, you know, like, how, how what kind of ghost are you? Oh. Um, I, I think some of the most interesting ones are some of the ghosts that clearly have uh, mysteries to follow. Um, like, the, uh, what's, what's the one I was thinking of? Um... Oh, yeah, so there's, there's one, there's one real interesting one where, uh, a, a lot of these are abstract designs, so I think this one was like a, like a pile of trash with like a, a mask, like a human face mask strapped around them, and she did not know she was dead. She discovers during speed dating that she is a ghost. Um, what a way to find out. Yeah, it, it, I had this conversation with her where I was like, but, like, it's cool to be dating for ghosts and you came in here. She was like, I thought that was just a weird, like, kooky title. I didn't realise this was actual ghosts. What? I'm, I'm, I'm dead? And she sits having an existential crisis across the imagine. table from you. And you're like, okay, how do I talk you through this? Um, there's a ghost that, that I had a really interesting conversation with where, like, uh, she, she, she talks about the fact that um, when initially waking up as a ghost... 
Um, apparently things like walking on the floor and not just sinking through the floor are things that ghosts have to consciously do mm-hmm. in this world, and woke up in the coffin and then just started sinking down toward the centre of the earth, like, oh, oh, what's going on? How do I do this? Oh, heck. Yeah, how do, <laughs> how do I solidify myself enough to swim back up to the surface? It's weird you mention that. I nearly made y'all do something like that in polyamory this week. Ah. <laughs> but, like, it's... the The dates themselves are... Honestly, less about romance and more about, like, all of these ghosts just kind of want to have companionship of some kind. They want to feel understood, less alone. It's, you know, maybe it's go to a punk show with a bit of a dirtbag punk ghost or, you know, help someone work out how they died. But it's just, who do you want to get to know better and, you know, understand what their, their afterlife is like? And it's real chill. Mm-hmm. Um, it's It takes probably 30 minutes per attempt to go through a room, pick someone to date, do their date. So, like, you could play through all three of the rooms in about 90 minutes. Uh, you could then mash through them, I suppose, to see the other ghosts. But it's a real cute little game. It's a, mm. it's a sweet little indie game that I picked up on Switch for a couple of quid because it was on yeah. sale. Uh, other things I've played... I've not finished this one yet, but I've been playing through a game called Coffee Talk. I've been I've been doing that one on stream. Uh, the idea behind Coffee Talk is you are a barista in Seattle in 2020, oh. but like fantasy Seattle. Um, yeah, imagine like Seattle, but if if there were werewolves and vampires and succubi around, um, and. You could just it, it's it's a bit like uh, what was that game Valhalla the Bart ending one VA eleven Hall A yes yes um well you just sort of you make drinks for people and get to know them better and sort of listen as they tell their stories and basically sometimes they will give you they won't clearly tell you what drink they want they'll be like oh, I want something that's a bit like this or a bit like this and like you being have a real barista yeah and you have to best you can work out what drink would would hit would you know scratch that itch and the better you do at understanding what they're asking for and giving them the right sort of drinks they then open up more and you see more bits of of narrative as you go mm-hmm. um there's very little in the way of of active gameplay like you're not making dialogue choices a lot of it is just make your your drink hope that you make them the right drink and then just kind of stand on the other account uh, side of a counter and see people's lives go by. Um, yeah. uh, it's not going to be for everyone, because uh, there's going to be a lot of people for whom it just doesn't have enough gameplay to be engaging, but uh, the art is beautiful, the music's beautiful, the it's well written, and there's something weirdly nostalgic about that feeling of just sort of being on the other side of a counter while other people's lives go by. Hmm. Um... I will say I'm really interested to see how this narrative ends because um how how do I explain this? How do you explain it? Yeah. Um a lot of the narrative is real world issues being viewed through the lens of fantasy characters. It's that thing where okay, we're talking about racism and in interracial couples and parents not accepting it at the moment and there therefore rather than it being a black person and a white person, it's a uh, an elf and a succubi, and the elves' family don't like the succubi, and you know it's lots of 
you know, what what if instead of um, American deportations of Mexican people, it was of merfolk? Um, it's it's that thing where you substitute a fantasy class for a real world issue. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like, and I hope that the game is going to be self aware of the fact that it's doing that. Because there is a character in the narrative whose whole deal is they're trying to write a book in the coffee shop, and they keep talking about, I want to write my story just of, just about the people in the coffee shop and their problems, but what if it was set in a world where there were only humans? What if we, like, took away the things that we use to, you know, discriminate against each other, and those same problems still occurred? You know, it it's basically... The book she's writing is what this game has done. It's... What if I abstracted... I mean, it comes up a lot in fantasy narratives, like, oh, people don't like dwarves. It's an analogy for how people treat other races. Her her book is is basically our world. She's like, what if I wrote a story about racism, but instead of it being about an elf and a succubi, it was about a white human and a black human, and and the, the, the other characters are like, but why would they be discriminatory against each other? And there's this point where... Someone says to this author, you know, don't you think you should be really careful writing a narrative about that, that it doesn't come off as dismissing the issues, you know, that you're writing about as fantasy things rather than real things, you know? It... the the game seems like it's touching on, hey, you know this thing we've done with our game narrative? That can... that, that there are problems with that. And it seems like it's building towards maybe being critical of its own... Tr- like, maybe it's... It seems like maybe it's building up to be a criticism of the act of abstracting real-world issues through a fantasy lens. Hmm. And I kind of hope that there is a payoff to that. I'm curious. Because, like, the fact that it, it, it brought up the fact that you have to be real fucking careful when you do that... Suggest to me they're aware of it, and I hope that's leading somewhere. Um, that being said, I like all the characters a lot. They're all really interestingly written. Um, one of my favourites so far is a hive mind that lives in a space suit, and basically it's come it's come to Earth to fuck Superman into existence. It's like it it is here to be like I have to I have to I have to copulate with someone. And they will be a superhero because your uh, your planet needs defending, and I'm here to fuck a superhero into existence. They're a sure. they're a very in- I like this hive person. They are very shy and awkward and don't understand how Earth works. And it's a lot of just don't worry, sit down. We will explain the complexities of Earthlings. I don't understand it either. Neither do I, which is why I I relate to a lot of these characters. There is a there is a very shy, socially awkward, blue haired uh, mer person who. Uh, writes very analytical, not narrative stuff about video games. There is a um, a freelance writer who is trying to juggle a day job writing while trying to get a book written. There's a lot of characters where I'm like, oh, oh no, it, it me. Um, I'm curious to see where the narrative ends up. I've been really enjoying the little short stories written in it. Um, the joy of, oh my god, I got that drink right for that person Yay. is really wonderful. Um, there was one where I was trying to get the right drink for a werewolf, because in this world, um, there are over-the-counter werewolf sedatives for the full moon time of the month. Mm-hmm. Um, but they are... But most of the werewolves are like, nah, we prefer to find, like, uh, 
we, natural remedies that work for us and each of us, it's something different that works. So I've been trying to... I finally worked out the drink that calms down this werewolf and that was real nice. Um, yeah, I'm basically just curious to see how... How, if at all, the game sticks the landing on this writing a book narrative. Because mm. that's the one that like I feel like could end up being a critique of of the genre that the game itself exists in, and that's where there's room for something really interesting. Mm. Also, Fantasy Ice came into my coffee shop. Uh, they were called Fire, and uh, they were looking for, for the alien who had, who had come to visit the coffee shop. And thankfully, my character told them to fuck off, basically. Yay. Ice are not welcome in my coffee shop. Get out of here trying to deport aliens. <laughs> Yeah, it, my 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 coffee shop owner was having none of it, and I was very happy about that. Quite right. Uh, other things I did this week, uh, I finished that Nuzlocke run of Pokemon Shield. I was not successful, but I was really happy with how that run went. It's about the play, though, right? Well, that's it. Like, I, I made it to, I think I was about three fights away from the end of the game, so I got real deep in, which, for a first attempt, I think it was, pre- it was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um... Watching back over the fight, in hindsight, there are things I could have done to scrape through that fight, and it's, you know... Uh, if I hadn't killed a, the pure dark type on Route 2 that was, like, the second Pokémon I could have caught, that probably would have really helped against the Ghost-type gym that eventually beat me. Um, if I'd sent out my Ground-type Hippo in the penultimate turn, it would have done Sandstorm, and that would have gotten me through with one Pokemon left alive. Um, <laughs> uh, if I had... Uh, what was the other thing? Yes, if if I had um, done done some attacks without Gigantamaxing instead, you know, th- there are things I could have done that would have made a noticeable difference and I probably could have scraped through that fight with one Pokemon left, gone into my box, built a new team, and maybe gotten further, but I I I did better than I expected. Um considering I put like as many difficulty improving rules on myself as possible, um I I made it real near the end of the game. And I'm gonna give it another go at some point. Not soon, because gosh it felt like it shaved some years off my life at points, but uh I, I came out of it with a really big like narrative and an adventure and a, a story to tell, so I'm I'm real happy with how that turned out. And if you want to check out a summarized version of my 30-hour playthrough, I think I I condensed down to about 6,000 words or a 35-minute video. Check out LauraKBuzz.com or LauraKBuzz on YouTube, where I put together like a 35-minute. Bam, 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 bam. Here is everything that happened in my adventure and where everything went well and wrong. Yeah. Like a spice reason. <laughs> uh, what about you? What's the other thing you've played? Uh, we played a thing together. What did we play we together? We played the Pokemon TCG. <gasps> we did Paper play. version. Yes, we played some of the new uh, Sword and Shield decks. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Based around the three starters. Yeah, they felt much more balanced decks, m- much more balanced decks than like previous pre-built Pokemon yeah. decks, I, I thought. Honestly, the biggest problem with those decks is that they're all monotype decks that directly have a weakness triangle. Mm-hmm. So if you're two people playing and you have these three decks, the grass, the water, and the fire, no matter which two you pick, one person will be dealing double damage to the other. Mm-hmm. Which is why we tended to play 
one of the new decks versus one of the old decks, and mm -hmm. consistently the new deck was doing better. Yeah. It, they play really nicely. They're very... They do play really nicely. They're, they've got lovely synergy. Yeah. It feels like you've got the right cards for the jobs. Yeah. I'm, I'm honestly tempted to say next time we play with those decks, we should just say, use the new decks, ignore the double damage typing that exists, so that we can just pick which one we want and feel on even even footing with each other. I'm still waiting for your exciting remake with well, that's, like, yeah, dual colour decks. That's, that's the other one. Is I, It's either that or I start rebuilding them as dual colour and I have some ideas of how I would do that. Oh, heck. So I I think for both uh, for all of them, the idea would be I would basically strip the monocolour creatures down to basically just the, the starter evolution mm -hmm. line. Mm -hmm. um, and then put in a second evolution line of a second colour and basically keep the... The trainer card's pretty unchanged. That manta thing that was giving me extra energy would yeah. be really handy to keep in there. Well, that's, that's well, that's it. Like, there's one or two creatures here and there, like the manta that 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 like definitely synergize with yeah. your main thing. But I would definitely take out like a lot of the fodder from the monotype and try and be like, right, what's a second thing that would work mm. well with this? I think it's rare to find a pre-built deck for any of the TCGs, like unless you're going for like. Um... I can't remember what they call them in Magic, but like at the end of basically a block, just as they're about to retire things out, they'll do like a super deck. Yeah. And here's most of the really good stuff, like really expensive cards. Yeah. I'm gonna put it. This is what one worlds this year, or mm. almost this is what one worlds. Yeah. This year. <laughs> um, here's like the the like four decks made out of like what what came to the top. Yeah. Um. Well, I mean, that sort of thing where it's like properly balanced yeah. it really works well and something that you can just go out of the box I'm going to play this against somebody yeah. else who plays I mean, Pokemon other than the typeness advantage wheel that was going yeah. on I think these decks were like some of the best yeah. out of the box starter decks I've tried like, yeah. they're really well made decks that they have a clear thing they're building towards their boss creatures the, the final evolutions of the starters mm -hmm. are all really Good things to work towards. Yeah. I like these decks a lot. And all the steps along the way have, like, fairly useful moves. Yeah. It's not like one of those ones, um, like that, um, purple-silver deck I've got. Oh, yes, yes, um, yes. Like, psychic and sort of generic energies. Mm. Um, oh, it's psychic fire, isn't it? With, like, a little oh, bit yes, of generic, yes. like, some generic stuff in there. For, like a um, Snorlax beware. and whatnot, yeah. I think there's, like, a Beware. I don't think Snorlax is no, in that. No, is that deck. in... No, this is the one that's got... Yeah, This you're is, right, like, beware, beware and, uh, there's, like, a Mimikyu in there. Yes, Not yes. super good. Um, like, th that deck doesn't feel at all well-balanced. It doesn't feel like it's got enough of anything in there. Yeah. And the trainer cards and the, the item cards yes. just don't seem to this, this, gel very well. This uh, One thing that they used to do in Pokemon TCG structure decks is... If they released a set like this, where it's multiple structure decks releasing at once, the trainer cards would always be identical from deck to deck. It would only be the mon uh, the, the Pokemon that would change. Mm. Here, they have very definitely tweaked the trainer cards to fit the deck itself, which, like, that's a real improvement. Yeah. That's a thing that helps a lot. I mean, and had we been buying those decks, it feels like that was would be a better, better value point. Yeah, yeah. rather than just, here's half of what you're buying is stuff you got in the last deck. Yeah, you get that a lot with magic, like, yeah. here's more land. Yeah. But that that said, like, I, I want to try playing with these again. I want to try maybe dual colouring them and see, mm -hmm. seeing what I can put together. Yeah. 
It'd be real fun. Could you make a three colour deck with all of the three starters? <sighs> I mean, you could. <laughs> I I'm always hesitant to run three colour Pokemon uh, decks, but it's it's doable. I mean, I, it's not something I've ever encountered or I, thought about. I would really recommend it. Fact. Two is the sweet spot for Pokemon. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, is that is that everything you've played? Um, I pl- I've started playing Grey Goo. What's remember Grey how Goo? we were talking about Grey Goo? Uh, I vaguely remember this. It's an asymmetric RTS. Um, oh yes, yes. I'm playing through the whatever the bipeds are at the moment. Mm-hmm. Whoever the starting creatures are. Um, I yeah, it's. The the creatures look creature design looks interesting. Well design looks interesting. I do not like the controls from it. Yeah. It's like because I just want a wazd to move around the screen. That's... It's like no, these these are hotkeyed <laughs> to things, and you can't change these hotkeys. Oh, these are no. definitive hotkeys. It's like why? <laughs> oh goodness. So yeah, that was a bit annoying. But uh, yeah, the... I'm enjoying the game. Yeah. The only other thing I've played this week is I've been playing more Death Stranding and it's finally sort of clicking for me a bit. Because mm-hmm. like, I've been f- weirdly fascinated with this game and I keep jumping back in and out of it. And um, Here's what I'll say. The start of that game is not well designed and I think the biggest problem is it's not representative of what the end game is. Mm. Um, the start of that game is a lot of backtracking, a lot of... Um, it's slow to get around. You're constantly tripping over things and stumbling over things. And, oh, I've got to balance. Oh, I've got to balance. And the world's gorgeous, but there is very... Very grey. Yeah, it, it's gorgeous if grey. Uh, it's It starts off being a combination of look at all the pretty things, but also be fucking octodadding your controller trying not to fall over. And that's not particularly engaging, and it's not what makes the game fun. Um, as you get further into it, like... It's about 10 hours before they start introducing more mechanics, really. Mm-hmm. And it starts off with, like, okay, there's combat. You can, you know, non-lethally take down people, and you can fight these big boss monsters that will show up. And um, it's not even the lack of combat. Like, the combat was a nice addition. It broke up the flow a bit. But the end of that game is much more about... Um, you know how in Dragon Quest Builders... I got really into making train tracks around everywhere. And that got really satisfying. Mm-hmm. That is basically the end game quest thing of Death Stranding is you making roads that make it infinitely easier to get around, making these zipline things that fucking fly you around the island as long as you've got like you've you've put them in strategic places that you can create this whole network across the the world. It's about making a really satisfyingly cohesive transport network and that's when I've been enjoying the game most. Okay. Um, I've been enjoying driving my cars down roads that I've made and it, it almost gets a bit of like a, a Euro truck simulator feel at that point or you know being able to like zip point to point um, and then do like little bits of walking they start giving you things that make the walking a lot less of a chore. Like, here's an exoskeleton so you stop falling over all the time and you can run faster and you can carry more and you're not going to fall over. Um, they basically start stripping away all of the things that make walking around a chore and allow you to much more quickly get from point A to B and make it so that the times when you are exploring, 
it's largely because you're exploring somewhere new that you've not been before, and then you set up a, a zip line and go, okay, I can just zip in five seconds back to the main route now that I've, you know, I've spent 20 minutes climbing this mountain, I found a new bunker, that's great, now I can zip back down in two minutes without having to do another 20 minute trek. Hmm. Like, once you start being able to backtrack at speed and creating this network where you can much more effectively get round, I enjoyed traversing the island so much more. Mm. Um, the plot is nonsense. <laughs> um, I, my best attempt at summarising this narrative is in a world where rain fast-forwards time in when it touches things. rain fast-forwards things. Yeah. Um, also, if people die, they turn into nuclear bombs, which is a big problem. So you gotta you got burn bodies, otherwise, oops, they explode. Um, you play as a de- basically a FedEx person mm-hmm. delivering stuff from bunker to bunker because all of life has just gone down into the bunkers. And as well as delivering packages, the better you deliver packages, the more likely they are to say, yes, connect me to the internet. The internet is a thing here. It's not technically the internet. It's basically the government saying, hey, join the network. It's it's internet if the internet was transferring data through an alternate reality. So you had basically infinite data speeds, instant transfer, and you could transfer matter through the internet as well. Which is great. But everyone's basically like, fuck the government, we're terrified of the government, the government's fucking scary, because... I mean, that's an understandable reaction. It's an understandable reaction, but also the only people left alive are doomsday preppers, and those are the kind of people who didn't trust the government in the first place. Yeah. Um, so you're basically trying to go across America, connecting everyone to the internet so they can make friends. Like, as you go through, everyone's just like... I'm. I was an isolationist, but then you put me on the internet, and now I found out I like other people. That's right. <laughs> um, <laughs> and you have a baby strapped to your front, who can see ghosts because the baby is connected via an umbilical cord to the dead mother who died during childbirth, and that means that they're a bridge to the afterlife, so they can see ghosts, which bridge means babies. you can see ghosts. Bridge babies, and. It's it's a weird ass fucking game. Yeah. Uh, all the and characters. You got the weird characters. Oh yeah. All all. Oh, can I tell you about my favorite weird character? Who's your favorite weird character? Okay. Uh, let's talk here. about um about Heartman. Um. So his whole deal is, him and his family were in one of the big explosions when the Death Stranding was happening, and he sees his family going off to the afterlife, and then he gets defibrillated and he comes back, and he's like. I fucking saw my wife and kids go to the afterlife. I want to go find them. So he lives his life on a 24-minute cycle, where every 24 minutes, uh, he's he's awake and around for 21 minutes, and then he kills himself for three minutes, uh, in which he spends three minutes exploring the afterlife, trying to find his family, and then he's defibrillated back up. And he spends 21 more minutes, you know, going about his life, and then it's like, okay, I'm... Uh, I'm feeling all right now. Put me back under. And this is Guillermo del Toro's skin puppet. Oh no, no, that's um, Die Hard Die Man, Hard Man, as opposed to Heart Man. Heart Man. Which one's yes. Heart Man? Uh, Heart Man. He he looks just like the most boring plain white guy in square glasses. I don't think he's. I he's, remember that one. Let me see if I can find you a picture. He's he's like the height of generic. Um, I remember the president. Yeah, so there is uh, Heartman. Oh, okay. Yeah, you, you you see what I mean about, like, 
generic man in square glasses. I don't really remember this character. No. But he... I have only watched online videos. That's fair. No, his, his, his whole deal is every 21 minutes I get killed for three minutes to go and try and find my family in the afterlife. Yeah, it's an afternoon. So, like, you know, I... It's it's a it's a his his is an interesting one. You you have cutscenes with him where you're talking to him, and then just like halfway through a cutscene, he'll be like one second and just collapse to the ground. You have to just wait around looking at his office for a few minutes until he gets back up. Um, sorry about that. Yeah, like, how does he not explode if he's dead? Um, because you have to reach a certain level of decomposition before you explode. Oh, okay. So his heart is stopped, but like he's not. You know, past the point of no return. Right. I I believe that's why it's three minutes at a time. It's it's that's how long you can go without, you know, brain damage. Sounds like a terrible strain in the body. Yeah, yeah. I imagine it would be. I don't think it'd be great for you. Also, fun story. His heart is the shape of like a cartoon heart, and he lives by a lake that is the shape of a cartoon heart. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> yeah, this game, this game doesn't. Th- there's a quote I keep hearing in relation to this game, and it's perfect. And it's the um, I know r- other writers who use subtext, and they're all cowards. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, yes, like I've heard this as well. Yeah, like here's a character called Fragile. She got hit by the time rain, and her body's old, so she's quite fragile now. Yep. Th- this die hard man. He he deals with death all the time. Yep. Yeah, it's... And then there's, like, um, the scary army guy. Yeah. Yeah. The game is nonsense. But I kind of like the the end game of creating this, like, transport network across America. And getting likes. Pardon? And getting likes. Yeah, and getting likes. Um... I like the fact that it is online focused and you like see things that other players have made. I like that you see things that other players have made and you can contribute to their structures and things you make will help them and it I I see what Kojima was going for. Like I I I I feel like the intention was make the start of the game deliberately difficult and obtuse. So that later when you start seeing other people's structures pop up, like, oh, there's a bunch of road, that's going to make my journey much easier, I'll give you a bunch of likes, that you would start to really appreciate other people's contributions to the world, and that this was meant to um, mechanically replicate what the narrative's trying to do with, hey, we're better and stronger together, you know, things, things go better if we help each other out and we work on things together, it's all about connections and strands and whatnot, but... I, I get it. I get that he wanted it to be uncomfortable and not fun at the start so that you would really appreciate the help you got from other players later as you work towards this endgame. Uh. But that's no justifiable excuse for ten hours of not enjoyable game to get to that point. Like Maybe five hours of not enjoyable game. <laughs> even then, like, I... I... Did not enjoy this game, and if it if it wasn't for my fascination with it, like because I do this as a job, I would not have. If if this was just in my pure time, not for work, never would have stuck with it. Mm. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm getting to a point where I feel like I kind of understand Death Stranding now, even if I think Kojima really needed someone to like really rein him in on the start of that game, like. 
yeah, as you said, maybe if you cut that intro down to five hours before you started getting those things, maybe that would be more forgivable. Ten hours is a bit of a push, I think. Ten hours before it even starts to trickle, and, like, this game is longer than I expected, so... I'm enjoying it now, but it really shouldn't have been such a fight to find the enjoyment. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think that's about it. I I had one other, but I'll leave it till next week, so... uh, Exciting. Yeah, well, if that's everything... Yeah. Sorry for this. Sorry for this. Mm. Right, right. So, um, we've got the numbers. Uh, yes, we've got the numbers. Well, the numbers, right. So, what, uh, this, uh, female-led action movie. Now, what's, what's wrong with that? Uh, n- nothing's wrong with that. Oh, those figures. Absolute flop, isn't it? Oh, well, I mean, it... 91 made, million. It, That's what it, was that? It made uh, considerably more than its uh, its budget back. It, it we, we made a profit on the film. Uh, it was very well received. It was very well received and a financial success. Mm. You know, within its first week of, mm. of release. I mean, it could have run better, though. Well, I mean, you didn't advertise it at all. No. Uh, I mean, who's going to watch a, an action movie with girls in it? Well, I mean, if you don't advertise it, no one's going to know it exists. Like, mm. considering you didn't advertise it, it's a miracle it did as well as it did. Mm. Which, I remind mm. you, was a financial success and a critical success. Mm. You're sure I approve of that? Welcome, 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 everyone. Yes, hello. We're here to give a talk. Yes, a talk. we've been invited. We've been invited to, to give a talk about how we've lived to be the oldest women on the planet. Yes, hundred. And they wanted us to talk to you about the secret to living a long life. Pickling. 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 Absolutely pickled with the amount of alcohol in my bloodstream. Exactly. Drink sherry all the day and all the night and you will live essentially forever. Drink sherry responsibly, dear. Oh, yes. Responsibly. But just fucking sauce yourself in it. Oh, yes. Uh, uh, um, I'm, I'm really sorry. We... We, we we go around to check in their credentials and they're only 90. What? They're, they're only 90. They're not 130. You're only 90, loves. What? No, what? no, no. We're, de- we're definitely 130. I mean, I just had my it's birthday so... last week and then I had my birthday the week before. Yes, and then the week before that. Oh. Have, have we been losing count? Have we been double counting? I don't know. I've been very drunk. Yeah. I know. I, the amount I've drunk, I could be five or five hundred for all I know. Yes, so if you want to live to be five hundred, you just have to... Just forget. Just, just forget all the things. Just be sourced. Saucy. Saucy picking. Saucy portions. <laughs> Saucy... <laughs> so... What have you put in your eyes? I need to open up the list and find out what I've put in my eyes. Uh, I've started watching something I've been meaning to get around to for a few weeks. Mm. Uh, I've started watching more Haikyuu, which is that volleyball sports anime what I quite enjoy. Fancy. Uh, So last time we talked about it, I just finished watching season three, which was one volleyball match taking up an entire season of TV show. And that was great. I loved season three. I thought it was fantastic. Um... Season, uh, there was there was a couple of like short episodes that went between seasons three and four. It it was basically multiple volleyball matches condensed down into like two episodes about a side team of like ah oh, that team also made it to this tournament and here's how they did it. Uh, it felt a little bit rushed and unnecessary. It was enjoyable enough to watch. Um, 
it, it was just you know uh, it's called Haiku Land versus Air and it was it it was oh the second part of it was better than the first. It was unnecessary, but a decent. It was a, it was a nice watch if you're already invested. Mm-hmm. Uh, season four of IQ has basically uh, gone back to the earlier format of okay, we've qualified for a big tournament. We're not doing the big tournament yet. Time to go back to training montage episodes for a while. It's here's the bit where we we spend several weeks watching uh watching sports practices like the start of season four is two players from the team get invited to a quite prestigious uh, like summer camp which they both go to and our protagonist character is like yeah but i don't want to miss out so he basically sneaks in and tries to learn from what's taught in the summer camp anyway without mm. technically being there because he's like i want to I wanna get better i want to i want to keep playing volleyball mm-hmm. um I it's been a while considering that so much of Haiku for the last like season and a bit was serious serious tournament stakes uh, everything was very tense it was nice to get back for a while to yeah they're learning to improve and they're they're having nice sort of silly adventures together and it just sort of brought the stakes back down for a while before all of the tension of oh god the national tournament uh so yeah I I it's still really enjoyable. I like all these characters a lot. It's it's kind of a nice change of pace to get back to something that isn't. Oh goodness, I my heart is in my in my throat. What if what if they what if they don't qualify for nationals? <laughs> uh, so I've been enjoying that. Nice. What about you? What have you been watching? Oh, I well, we watched some things together. We watched Modest Heroes. Oh yeah, we did. This is like three short anime films. Yeah, that all have very um very, very Ghibli esque art styles. Very Ghibli art. Uh, very interesting, different stories. Yeah, and the stories were all told different ways as well. Yeah. So Cause... we had the first one about the tiny underwater people. Yeah. Who... There's not a lot of language in it, really. Uh, yeah, there is names of characters, but that is it. Yeah, they sort of call out to each other, and that's about it. Yeah, otherwise they sort of gesture. A lot yeah. of a lot of it's told through gesture, but basically, Dad gets swept away in a strong current, and, and the kids go kid, and rescue. Kids go and try and rescue him, and, and there's a big fish. Yeah, that was very dangerous. Uh, that that was a really like sweet, well animated story. Um, it was pretty simple, but I I like how much they managed without much language. Mm. It, was a, it was a sweet sweet enough little story. Yeah. Like, I don't think there was anything in it I'll remember for too long. But I the, one of the stories I've completely forgotten already. I remember the invisible one. Oh yes, about the invisible being sort one. Of very invisible, invisible, and very very light. Apparently. Uh, what was the what was the the compilation called again? Uh, modest heroes. Oh yes, the egg allergy. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, the second one, uh, Life Ain't Gonna Lose, is about a kid who's deathly allergic to eggs. Oh yeah. That that was, I think, maybe maybe my favourite of the three. It was a good one. <laughs> I feel really bad about forgetting it. Um, it's an interesting story about somebody who's just deadly allergic to eggs. Yeah. And it, it, to the point of refusing to answer questions involving eggs in school quizzes. <laughs> yeah, eggs are mean. He doesn't like eggs. Mm-hmm. Um... But like it's 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 a really interesting story about like very protective mother who is terrified of losing her kid, and this this kid who is having to come to terms with his relationship with this very common food, like even to the point of if somebody bashes into me in the street, 
this could yeah. be a problem if I haven't checked the, the label on my favourite ice cream and they've suddenly yeah. stuck egg in it. Because mm. that is a thing this, that happens. This is a thing we've discussed before with like milk suddenly gets added oh, to things and they're, 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 not, they're not vegan anymore. Yeah. But like, yeah, it, it's a real... Yeah, that's a thing in, in this thing where it's like, oh, I was eating my favourite ice cream. It's got egg in it now. Oops, I'm dying. Yeah, and mum talking kid through get EpiPen, do thing. Yeah, like, I feel like this mum needs to teach the kid how to stab himself with the EpiPen. Well, they, they do. It happens at the end. When he's on the phone to his mum. Oh, yeah, you're like, right. Like, get your pen. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it's get your pen and go... Yeah, yeah. It, it's a real sweet story, this yeah. one. And I, it, it's a very human one. Like, it's a very real thing. Oh, yeah. It, uh, it, it was a good way of getting you emotionally invested in a thing people have to live with. Oh, uh, yeah, and beautifully animated. Yeah. And then should we talk about Invisible? Invisible. A uh, man who is invisible is... is Portrayed through basically a bullying coat, some trousers, some shoes, mm. and a hat, and glasses. Um, yeah, and seems to like have a, like weight issues, so he's like constantly carrying around heavy um, objects to. Yeah, there's like a, a fire extinguisher at one point, a pickaxe, yeah. and and just like riding along on that scooter, just desperately holding onto the handlebars. Yeah, it. It, it felt like it was trying to tell a story about, like, someone who was just sort of barely... Felt like they were barely even there. Like, they might just drift off and stop existing at any moment. Yeah. And they get ignored by people. Like, yeah. despite the fact that they obviously are there in these clothes. Yeah. Just the fact that people just seem to ignore it, them. I I had big empathy for, oh, oh I feel for you feeling like you're not seen, friend. Oh, yeah. Um, and I, I, I thought that had a sweet sort of end point to it. Yeah. Uh, it did. There was also the, like that, there, it was some really interesting shots because when you have an intangible, invisible person, you can sort of do shots that you wouldn't normally. There's like a great bit where um, he's on the bike riding along that sort of like coast road. It's very windy. I think the rain's still coming down at this point. And the camera goes from sort of in front of the scooter to sort of back behind the glasses, down through the coat, down mm. like a trouser leg and like out the side of a trouser leg. And it's just like, I've <laughs> just passed through a person. This is very weird. Yeah. Yeah. That, that one made me think of something I saw totally, totally legitimately online. Um, there is a Pixar short film called Float, that similarly has a character who doesn't stick to the ground and has to sort of be weighed down to stay on the ground. Mm -hmm. um, this is part of a collection of short films that is uh, has been put out on Disney+. Plus. Okay. Um, and honestly, these Pixar shorts are the only thing on Disney+, Plus that I have any interest in. Like, there is one that I've been trying to legitimately find a way to see uh, that involves a non-verbal autistic girl, for example. Mm -hmm. Um... But this one is about a kid who, this very happy child who floats when they get happy and sort of, um, the parent is very worried about the kid not being, you know, seen as normal and panics when their kid starts to float and sort of hides them away from the world and weighs them down. And a lot of people have compared it to seeming a lot like an autism narrative uh, metaphor narrative where it's like oh that thing that makes you unique and wonderful no 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 we're gonna gonna we're gonna keep you down you're gonna be normal you're gonna be normal um yeah i don't want to spoil it because it's a real short short film but 
it gave me very similar vibes of like the childhood equivalent of this invisible story. Mm. So if people are able to see that, I would recommend checking it out. It is a is a good little short film that made me have many feelings. Mm-hmm. Uh, not very many words, but when there are words, God, it fucking punched me in the stomach. I think sometimes like the the less words you can use in a narrative, like the better you yeah. can tell, because you are forced to do show don't tell. Yeah, it's. It, it's why, like, To The Moon, I love that it has one time when it uses a verbal, like, song with lyrics, and mm-hmm. it fucking got me. Um, I, I think the one line of dialogue in this float short film is the dad saying something to the kid, and it's the most fucking cut-to-the-bone thing that's like, oh, oh, you really chose when to have dialogue in this. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, like, one of my favourite films, Egon, Egon on Donkey. Yes. I think there's, like, Somebody says hello at one point in that film, and I think that's yeah. about it. Everything else is like, these characters make noises at each other, and you just have to kind of understand them. Yes. I I think there's a real beauty to using using dialogue sparingly. Mm. Um, it also makes it really easy to show that around the world to like it, all exactly. different audiences. It minimises how much you have to localise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You got any others? Uh, we watched something else together. We did. We watched a lot of Star Trek DS9. Yeah, we did. Uh, we're up to season three, episode five. Really. Yeah, originally, originally you were watching, and then yes. I kind of snuck in there. I was like, "Hello, what, what's this? <laughs> what, what this? What this?" Nine? And I've been really, really enjoying it. Same. I uh, don't remember enjoying DS9 this much. I didn't. I definitely didn't as a kid, and I really am now. And I think I think it is just a matter of perspective, like. Having experienced more life, understanding sort of more of the the complexities. I'm of... caring more about people. As a kid, yeah. I really didn't care for people very much. I don't like people very much now. But yeah, uh, um, empathy based narratives definitely stick with me more than they once did. Yes, I uh, since since estrogen, <laughs> I feel things a lot more, and yeah. that's that's nice. I like that. That and and certain other things that I yeah. have been involved in that have given me a degree more empathy. Uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> big mood. Uh, <laughs> but, like, I think it also helps that we've been watching all of the episodes in order, or at least I've, I've been watching most of them. I've maybe yeah. missed one or two here and there. But... Well, since you've started watching seriously, I've not been watching without you. Yeah. I, I missed some of season one, but I've, I'm have i pretty sure I've picked up on everything Yeah, you missed some Jake Nog stuff. <laughs> well, that's one thing. Do you say we're in season three now? Yeah. Um, Thank God they've heavily minimised the Jake and really Nog. Really, though. We had Jake one and Jake and Nog episode, like, a couple of episodes ago, but, like, that's been it for a while. Yeah. It's like they're fine characters, but I don't need don't need a whole narrative around them. I don't need kids Trek DS Nine. <laughs> yeah, like make that into a spin-off show, like the fucking Sarah Jane Adventures for yeah. uh, was for Doctor Who. Make it a little kid spin-off. Yeah. Don't put that in my DS Nine where we're <laughs> dealing with like identity crises and yeah. internal politics. Yeah, um, and I think like understanding more about sort of things like how the world works and stuff. Yeah can obviously be better translated into watching a show that includes a lot of things about religion and politics yeah. and uh, like sort of important stuff about the world and, and like who you are as a person. The episode we watched tonight, episode five of season three, uh, Second Skin, about what happens when you wake up and you are being told by everyone around you that you are actually something other than what you are. Yeah. Like, you are just... You you are your own enemy. 
Yes. How are you feeling about that? How, how confident are you in your sense of self? Mm-hmm. And how much evidence are you willing to ignore to believe what you know to be true? Also, sort of something that, like, from a trans perspective, like, yeah. hey, you're a different species. What? You're a different yeah. species, and that makes you very uncomfortable. You are everything you hate. Also, I've completely forgotten the Trill character's name. Uh, Jadzia Dax. Uh, yeah, Jadzia Dax. I've been really happy with, as the show's gone on, how they've treated Jadzia. I... Yeah, Benjamin still calls her old man occasionally. <laughs> yeah, that's that's not great. But uh, who was the uh, the Klingon? Uh, oh, yeah, That yeah, whole yeah. episode about the group of Klingons that she yes, had the, uh, that, the blood that, pack that's with. That's the meme that gets yeah. pulled up quite a lot. But I mean, just it's... Like, it's... Guys on my old friend. It's yeah. Jadzia now. Jadzia, my old friend! Yeah, and that's the thing, is uh, that Klingon instantly not only switches name... Uh, but Twitch's pronouns, yep. never slips up, yep. and embraces them as an old friend. Yep. And I'm like, that's beautiful, that's great. Absolutely. I'm waiting for the season four episode where we deal with, um, oops, last time I saw my wife, I was presenting as male, and now I'm female. Uh, how, how you, you mean there's no spousal veto for trills? <laughs> there is no spousal veto for trills. Um, but like, it's, it's real interesting dealing with, oh... Oh, last time I saw you, you were very different, and we were in a relationship, and now we're not in a relationship, and your gender is different. How, 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 how we talk this through? I didn't know about this episode, oh, but that, I look forward to seeing. It, I believe it's season four, and I can't wait to because, like, I I remember this episode, and I hope it plays out as well as I remember it. I remember so little of this show. I remember like the first episode because watched it yeah. when it first came on TV. Um, I remember. Uh, episodes that my friend constantly tried to get me to watch about setting up and destroying of the minefield. Right. And that's really about it. I remember very little as well. I remember this one very specific episode and I feel... Here's the thing, honestly, most of my memories about about DS9 are about Jadzia Dax and I'm like, Mm -hmm. oh, I wonder, I wonder, Mm -hmm. I wonder, why do I remember all of these episodes, specifically these ones about, uh, you know, about, about how they used to be one way and now they're another and people's responses to that. (laughs) Gulp. (laughs) <laughs> so I, I see you've pulled up a Wikipedia entry for something else. Do you want to talk about that other thing that we watched together a lot? Uh, I I I knew that that was another thing we watched together, and I wanted to get the thing ready. Shall yeah. we talk about Love, Death, and Robots? We shall. Which we've not finished yet. We've watched no. uh, about two thirds of it. I think we've watched all but like four, six, four, six episodes. Yeah, I think I think we're about two thirds of the way in, mm-hmm. and. Uh, I've been really enjoying it as a as an anthology. Yeah. Uh, this is a Netflix-made anthology of lots of different animation styles. Um, occasionally, there'll be one that's... Actually, have we had live action? I don't think we've had no, live action, actually. I, at one point, I thought one was live action. Yes. But, uh, that was I, quickly disproved. I think that's the one we're both thinking... Uh, that I'm thinking of. Um, all different animation styles. Lots of just, like, varying length short films that have something to do with love... Death or robots or some combination of those. Mm-hmm. Um, they're definitely up and down in terms of how much I like them. There's some that I enjoy a lot more than others. Mm-hmm. Uh, how, how do you feel about it? I'm really enjoying it so far. Like, yeah, I like the different arts. That some of the art, like art styles, are oh, incredible. Some of them are phenomenal. Like, we'll we'll skim through this list like pretty quickly, yeah. but like we may stop at some that are particularly notable. Yeah, yeah, go. Um, 
There's one called Sunny's Edge, which I really enjoyed, which is the one about um the the monster yes. fights. Yeah, yeah. Um that was beautifully animated. I loved the character design of yeah. the, the main woman and the the way that one ended yes. was phenomenal. Yeah. That was a real cool and ending. And just the, the, the creature design for that episode as well. Yeah. They did great on everything there. Exactly. Um, three Robots, which is about three robots exploring post-apocalyptic Earth. In a sort of like, as if they're tourists. Yeah. Kind of way. It's really they're, beautiful. They're, they're sort of talking about, like, about how humans used to live and how society sort of fell apart and... It's a it's a real adorable one. That. It's adorable while also being really fucking dark. Cause it's like, oh, here's a person sitting under some graffiti that just says we're all fucked, oh. and there's someone hanging from an, a noose on the other side of the room. Just, just you know, skeleton swinging. Yeah. Something bad happened to humanity. Oh, the the more of these I I, I go through, the more I'm like, oh, we've got to talk about a lot of these. A lot of these were good. <laughs> yeah, uh, the witness was really interesting. That was really amazing. Uh, it's someone witnesses their own murder happening in like a an apartment across the road from them. And they they witness to, yeah someone killing them. Has to escape from the person who killed them. Yeah, and again that one ended really interestingly yes. and gave me like lots of things to think about afterwards. Oh, suits the one about the 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 mech pilot farmers. The mech pilot farmers. Oh, that with one, the bug problem. That one gave me oh big feelings. Big feels. It 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 was sort of like rural middle America farmers that have mechs because these portals keep opening with big like cricket alien insect yeah. things. And I yeah, that was another one with a really good ending. Just like yeah. oh fuck, it was real. It was real satisfying mm-hmm. that um, all all of its decisions felt very earned. Mm-hmm. Um. Very dramatic set pieces, lots of emotional engagement in it. It was gorgeously animated as well. Yeah. I, I like that the characters moved at a slower frame rate to everything else, so that it sort of... It, it gave yeah, a, that was a really interesting it, art, like art decision. Yeah. Oh. So that everything else just moved like at a standard, like I would guess, sort of 24 to 30 frames a second, but it was almost like the characters were moving at like... Like half frame rate, I maybe, would guess? Maybe half that. There was a certain judderiness to it that was really like a yeah, really but like, interesting decision. Yeah, the the juxtaposition of the two animation speeds in one shot like really benefited it. Oh, like it was things like smoke coming off a uh, steam coming off of coffee would be at full frame rate, but the person drinking it wouldn't be. Mm. I don't ha- know how to explain why I like that. It was good. Uh, Sucker of Souls. That's the one where they're escaping from the tomb with the thing that's chasing them. The the the, the Dracula. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't have a huge amount to say about that one. Uh, oh, when the yogurt took over. Was that Maurice LaMarche? Uh, what, uh, it is Maurice LaMarche. Yes, yeah. yes. Um, who is the voice of... Um, brain. From brain. Picking the brain. Picking the Brain. Telling a story about yogurt, yogurt, taking, yogurt taking over the world. And honestly, I would submit to yogurt's rule. I would submit to yogurt. That. Yeah. Uh, oh, I mean, it couldn't do a worse job than the current US and, uh, and UK. Yeah. Oh... Uh, Beyond the Aquila Rift, which oh. is the, uh, the the very photorealistic animation one. Oh. Yes, of person wakes up and their ship has drifted way away from where it's supposed to be. That little peek behind the veil was just... Oh my, oh my god, god it... the art style was incredible. Oh, it was fantastic. <laughs> it, um... It, it, oh, I don't want to say what it reminded me of because that would kind of be a spoiler for where yeah. the, the narrative's going, but it remen- reminded me a lot of a couple of other things. Yeah. But like 
oh, they they pulled off that peek behind the veil so well. Mm-hmm. Um, like it was uncanny the level of photorealism in that animation. Yeah, like and and that I think that was the one I'd seen in the trailers going. Oh, I think this one's live action, but no. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Good hunting, which is the um, the person who hunts the sort of um, fox spirit. Um, and that was really sad. yeah, that was really sad. Uh, b- b- brilliant um, criti- critique on colonialism mm-hmm. and it pulls no punches in its uh, critique of yep. British colonialism. Yep. And I fucking loved the ending of that one. Mm. It uh, was... I mean, that whole story was amazing and it did oh. not fuck about. Yeah, and it ended like just at the right point to go like, yep, I can imagine where this continues. But, yeah, but it left you sort of going, I don't know what happens next. Yeah, I, I, would, more I would watch a series of that one. I, I would read the comic book of that fucking character. Yeah, uh, The Dump, which is the, the guy who lives <gasps> in a trash dump and yeah, tells the story of the creature that lives in the dump with him. And oh... Oh, I love that one. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was beautiful. Um, oh, shapeshifters, the the werewolves in the in the military one. Yeah, that was a really interesting story. Yeah, if the military had werewolves. Yeah, it's it's hey, they they they've got super useful powers for you know helping in war, mm-hmm. but also are kind of treated as inhuman and. Dealing with the the different culture cultures the two sides have. Yeah, I you know I don't usually feel emotionally invested in stories about soldiers, but th- this yeah. one this one got me. Yeah, I think it was really interesting. Uh, what was the next one? So helping hand. Uh, I don't think we've seen this one. So yeah, there was one called Ice Age. That was the one about the freezer, right? Yes, the civilization in the freezer. The- yeah, they find a mammoth in their freezer, and uh, then there's like a whole civilization in there. Yeah, it's that that one was like it was interesting while watching it. It it was very much like it finished, and that kind of feels like the end of its story. Yeah, kind of. It, it wasn't. I don't feel like it said the most interesting things, but it was it was still a fun watch. Oh, it was it felt like a real Twilight Zone episode. Yeah, it was just. Here's a window into something happening. Okay, away we go. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and I think the only other one we've seen is The Secret War, which is the one about the Red Army soldiers hunting demons in Siberia. Yeah, that was interesting and very bleak. Oh, yeah, that was... That was not an optimistic one. Mm-hmm. No. Um, um, so, but yeah, I think that's all we've seen so far. Yeah, um, we've got like six left to see, I think. Yeah, I, I'm absolutely fascinated and I hope we get to see more stuff like that because, again, love I, the art style, I, loved all the little different stories. I, I just love short short, uh, short fiction uh, compilations. I think because it forces you to tell like a story with a, like, you've, unlimited you've got to really trim it down to the core of your story and yeah. a good short story can be really powerful mm-hmm. it, going back to that game I was talking about earlier Coffee Talk Like one of my favourite things about it is every in-game day you get a new short story on your phone from the, the writer mm-hmm. and those short stories have been like some of my favourite parts of that game is just mm. I love short fiction yeah yeah what about you? Have you watched anything else this week? I've watched a few things very much in the same vein as each other. Okay. Um, so I started with uh, Star Wars Uncut Director's Cut. Yes. Have you heard of these? Uh, I'm aware of these, yeah. So it's a mm, shot-for-shot-ish remake of uh, Star Wars A New Hope. 
Yeah, it's it's every few minutes they swap who they they give someone else the reins to go. Like here's your even, couple of minutes. I don't minutes even think to... it's a few minutes. I think it's literally like ten seconds. Yeah, uh, or so of of of. It's footage. pretty short increments. We'll hand it to someone else to make their f- short section. Yeah, I think at most it's like thirty odd yeah. seconds. We, like, we moving on. We we watched something like that for Shrek, where it was yes. different people remade every minute of Shrek or whatever. Yeah. It's that same sort of it's that sort of thing, and and obviously people taking liberties with like yeah. their little bit. Like, what can I squeeze in that's really silly? Um, I watched the Empire Strikes Back version of yeah. that as well. Um, and in both of those, someone like threw in like, we're just going to shoot our scene as if it was in Tron. <laughs> yeah, I feel the need to watch these with the nerds next time we're at a con. I feel like these would be good watching. They're really good. And the other one I watched again in the same vein was our Robocop remake. Yes. Uh, I've seen this before. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it was like, hey, they're remaking Robocop. It's not going to be very good. So we remade it ourselves. <laughs> and it's fun and silly and over the top it's it's honestly i really love this as a medium for retelling stories yeah. that like i know very well already yeah and i think this one was more like hey we got like a bunch of people who make films and stuff on the internet to do it because there's like a cracked one oh yeah um so i, I recognized cody and uh who's the guy that ran small beans Oh, I know who you mean by I can't think of the name. Something like that. Something like that, yeah. One of one of one of like the old cracked crew. Yeah. Um recognised a few people from that. Um the the scene do you remember the the original film? Yeah. The scene of uh there's the woman being salted in the, the alleyway, uh Robocop shoots the guy in the dick through her, her <laughs> skirt. Yes. Have you do you remember the Owl Robocop remake version of this? No. <laughs> So they shoot the first guy in the dick, then somebody else sort of comes in and gets shot in the dick, and then it's just lots and lots of people being shot <laughs> in the dick. That's fantastic. They're, they're just, it's like three minutes of just exploding dicks. Oh, oh. It's a lot. Uh, and uh, very entertaining for someone who's quite into that. Yeah. <laughs> Detonate the dick, or at least kick it. Um, yeah, it was... It was a, a, a fun watch, yeah. if, you know, having to be careful, because I was watching it in public, and the, the coke party scene features some nudity. Yeah. You saw all the dick in that, which was, yeah. again, just like... <laughs> <laughs> nobody know, Nobody asked me what I'm watching right now. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that that's pretty much everything I watched this week. Oh, you watched two films this week? I did watch two films this week, but we talked about them last week. Well, I mean, I, I would like to hear your opinions on them. We watched Sonic. Uh, yeah. Again. Um, what did you think of Sonic? It wasn't as awful as I was expecting, I'll be yeah, honest. This is, this is the thing. It's, you know, it's it's not quite Detective Pikachu or whatever, but no. like, it was it was definitely far from the worst yeah. video game movie. It, it was... Yeah, it was a, a manageable romp through... Um, like some some Sonic the Hedgehog stuff, I, I mean, I don't know enough of the the wider Sonic story. Like, what's up with the echidnas at the beginning of that film? Uh, as as I understand it, that is, uh, there have been stories that have started with that. It's definitely not like a consistent origin for. I'm going to ask Bethany because yeah. if, if anyone knows Sonic lore, it's going to be Bethany. Yeah, it definitely seems like that's being set up for his villain of sequel that we want to make yeah. I feel like um, 
Robotnik slash Eggman. Yeah. As per the film. I mean, it's Jim Carrey, but it, it wasn't his most Jim Carrey. Yeah, at like, least not until the end. Anyway. You, you know what? You see what I mean about, like, he he built that performance up toward the end. He didn't start at 11. Yeah. He, he And I think that was to his performance benefit, that he mm. sort of restrained himself and let that sort of, the facade crack as it mm. went on. I wonder what he was like to deal with on set. Because I've heard yeah. he's one of those method acting types. Yes, that's always a thing. Um, and especially when you're playing, like, the smartest man in the room. Yeah. Um, the other thing we watched was uh, Harley Quinn. Uh, yes. Sorry. Uh... Apologies. <laughs> it's not the Harley Quinn movie. We, we I mean, Birds it's the Pre- Harley Quinn we movie. We watched Birds of, Prey, Birds of Prey, but it does feel like it focuses much more on Harley than the, the Birds oh, of Prey. Yeah, it gets... It feels more like a, a... Harley Quinn sets up the Birds of Prey for future movies. Well, I mean... That is honestly, like, I think that's the best way to sell a Birds of Prey film, is to also use it as, here is getting Harley as a solo character away from the Joker that leads into female hero team. I'm always here for a a female hero team. Who offer each other a hairband during a fight scene. Oh my god, yeah. I I loved Margot Robbie's performance as, as Harley Quinn. Like, I... This is one of those ones where it's like, oh, no, I can be interested in this character if you if you do our well. Hmm. Speaking of... of um... Oh, God, I've had two thoughts at once. Um, having watched the film, I can definitely see why people have said, uh, I hope she goes ahead with the Tank Girl movie. Yeah. Because I did get, especially with the musical number, as yes. brief as that was, I was like, yeah, I can see what people are talking about. Mm. Like, weird fashion sense kind of kooky, capable of doing a musical number. Yeah. Yeah. Over the top weaponry. Yeah, I can totally buy that. So maybe it wouldn't be totally awful. The fact that they haven't contracted um, Jamie Hewlett or Alan Martin about that is a bit concerning, but I guess they don't have to anymore. So Yeah. Yeah. Because they sold all the rights to... uh, MGM, I think. Yeah. Miramax. Uh, Yeah. It's 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 an alright movie. It's a fun action romp. It's a fun action romp. It develops Harley Quinn as a character in an interesting way. It's nice to see a character who, in live action movies for years, has just been portrayed as subservient um, helper that never questions anything into more of a you know a, a depthful character. I am the other thing I've heard about recently. I don't know if you've heard about this at all. There is an adult animated yes. Harley Quinn series that is apparently really fucking good. I've been sent links to it. Ooh. We should watch it together when we finish with DS Nine. Uh, yeah. Literally, I was talking with one of the nerd friends about it last night. Oh, cool! Because we were talking about how much we love Birds of Prey, and she was like, "I, I got this yeah. for you." Yeah. And as somebody who liked the old like Batman the animated series, just like yeah. that noir look, it feels like it's very much copying that art style like it's set from what I, I watched the new Renegade cut this week and yes, that was yes. talking about how much he loves this series and how like it's super supportive and it's like a group of people who really work yeah. well together and are helpful and have character depth yeah. as opposed to I am bad guy I do bad things well I mean I loved most of the Birds of Prey cast like most yeah. of the other characters that weren't Harley Quinn were fantastic yeah. uh, Huntress is probably my favourite <laughs> Uh, with her consistent, <laughs> I want to be taken seriously. Not the crossbow killer, and I'm just ah! <laughs> just like she is not as well respected as she thinks she is, and she's just like I just want to be the cool goth with the name I came up with. <laughs> Respect me. 
Which was awesome. Oh. Yeah, no, that hot. I loved that film. I thought it was real fun. Yeah, it was great fun. I, I look forward to seeing more, maybe with a bigger budget. Yeah, yeah, I hope so. Um, what else? We've got any others? Uh, the only other thing I've been watching is I've been catching up on My Hero Academia, which mm-hmm. I think we've talked about before. It's that anime in a world where 80% of people have superpowers, and the main character is someone who doesn't have superpowers but wants to be a hero, and the world's number one hero is like, hey, hey, I, I see that you, you know, really want, you really want this, and you, you're pure of heart. Here's the secret. I can give my power to other people, but yeah. I eventually lose it myself, and it gets stronger every time I pass it on. Um, and he gives his power to this kid and, you know, uh, the, the most recent season of that show ended like very dramatically. Um, the hero basically publicly retired. He defeated the current big bad, but in the process, like on live TV in front of cameras, they saw him like revert to his non-powered state and they were like, oh, oh shit, he's, he's done. He's, he's, he's done. And the world's basically going into this new season, like, the number one hero that we've all sort of relied on is like, everything will be fine. He's around, doesn't have his powers anymore. Fuck. And, ev- and like, villains are getting a bit more uh, empowered, being a bit bolder, because they're like, hey, he's not around stop to stop him. us now. And the population is getting a bit, like, more nervous and anxious and less confident, because they're like, what do we what do, we do without him? Because he's been built up as such a, like, Superman-level figure at this point. Mm-hmm. And the main character's just like, oh shit, I really need to fucking get a move on and learn how to use these powers properly so that I can step up and fill his his shoes because someone needs to step up to that, that you know, position. Mm. Um, uh, there was a movie that was released and I watched through that. Uh, it's called Two Heroes. Uh, it, was, it, was, it was enjoyable. It was a fun little side adventure that made zero impact on the main plot. Um, there is a MacGuffin item introduced where it's like, Hey, main character, you know how you can't use 100% of your power yet without, like, breaking bones and really damaging yourself? Here's a gauntlet that will let you do punches at 100% of your power. Oops, you broke the gauntlet at the end of the movie. That that's You're going to have to go back to using, like, 30% of your power. Um, so basically it's like, hey, here's his potential when the series ends. Okay, we're going to take that away and make him earn it again when the series starts. Uh, jumping back into the, the, the new series... It's been a really fun watch. Um, I've been really enjoying uh, basically the world having to deal with what do we do in this power vacuum left when the sort of symbol of hope and peace is, is not there to protect everyone anymore. And I very much enjoy this show and its cast of characters. Mm. I think that's everything I've watched this week. Well then, time for this. <laughs> new sponsor who's our new sponsor this week's sponsor well do you like videoed games i do like video you games. play games do you i play lots of video do games. you like rpgs i do like rpgs do you like really in-depth character creators yeah like i was i was playing disco elysium recently oh that was great do you want to feel like you're in the world with like all the amazing graphics like top oh, of the so range we're, graphics we're talking like breath of the wild meets disco elysium it sounds like oh that's but great. better graphics and oh. more depth and more oh, everything what is this game it is called the most amazing rpg game on mobile it's free to play like okay so we 
and a number of other popular podcasters have been uh, oh. paid to flog the latest game oh. on Android, and is, I, I've had is this is this this one that everyone's been advertising? Everyone, recently? yep, everyone's advertising. It's the greatest. It's sorry, it's the most amazing RPG game on mobile. Dot lol dot net. Have they given you word for word what you're supposed to say? Oh no. I'm not allowed to say whether or not they said that that's a thing that I can say or not, but there are graphics and it is a game which you can explore all of the world. And there is an in-depth character creator and lots of different options for customising your character. And it is free to start. How much are they paying us for this? Like, I've got a bag of what's-its. They're not actually vegan. But I, I do s- like juicy snacks. I saw videos for this one that shit. Don't play it! No! Inside the boardroom of Electronic Ecto Softworks. Hi. 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 How's, uh, how's business treating you? Money. 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 Business, business, business. Business, business, business. Business, business, business. So, so, I, I, I've got a problem. Yeah. You know that company, that, that, that competitor to us, the, the, they, they make the, the computer punk game about the, the future and the, the open world technology future. Yeah, they won't. Let us buy it. Yeah, it's real frustrating. I don't like that. No. Well, I there's one thing I do respect about them. Real huge amounts of crunch. A lot of money. A lot of crunch. I mean, like, I gotta, res- I gotta respect the hustle, but they've just screwed us over. Again? Yeah, yeah. So here's, here's what they've done. That, that, that computer punk game they're making. Yeah. Apparently, if you buy it for the current consoles. Yeah. It'll, you'll get a patch that'll make it, you know, it'll make it into the next-gen version on the next-gen console without you having to buy it again. They're not going to sell the same game twice for two generations. They're just going to let your old one be the new one. No, but they have to buy it yeah, again. Yeah, you have to new... make them buy it again. Yeah, right? yeah. Yeah, no, but they're not doing that. But how, how buy it again? They're, that's the problem. They're not. And here's the problem. We want to sell it again. Yeah, we do. Yeah, so we need to brainstorm right the hell now. Right. How do we convince customers that buying it a second time is actually a good thing? Because I got I got some ideas. I got some sure, ideas. Sure, sure. Um, by purchasing again, you're supporting the creators, bosses. Well, I mean, we are the creators. Everyone thinks of us, Electronic Active Software. Yeah, yeah. They they definitely won't be thinking of, you know, the people who actually work on the game. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, additionally, mm-hmm. you wouldn't want to incur crunch by leaving us overworked. No, I mean, that we're, would be awful. We're, we're, we're going to work overwork them anyway, but... Uh... Yeah, but, but like, we're not going to tell them that. Because like, we tell them that, it, you know, may, maybe it'll reduce crunch. Right. Okay, okay. Do you want, do you want more of my suggestions? I got, always, I, I've been working, always, yeah, I've been yeah, working yeah, on yeah, this yeah. all day. Workshop it. Free stuff. Like, you know, giving you the game on the next-gen console for free. Yeah. That's socialism. And gamers hate socialism. Gamers hate socialism. We've trained them to hate we socialism. We have trained them. Be, be beholden to your corporate capitalism overlords and hate yeah. socialism. Yeah. So, I got, I got one more. I got one more. Okay. You can't get extra reward points on your gaming store reward card if you only buy it once. Yeah, I mean, and they're totally in our pocket, too. Oh, I know, I know. One other thing, right? Right, right. And why support us over these socialist, all the other things we listed? Yeah, yeah. 
We have never had any problems with transphobia. You are fucking genius. I know. Um, so... Huh. What have you put in your ear? Uh, I listened to like three new songs and I'm going to rattle through them nice and quick. Uh, so I listened to a track called 302 by the Lippies, mm-hmm. which is a sort of femme punk track with a fairly high-pitched melody guitar line. It's about like getting wasted with someone you find cute and showing solidarity and basically saying fuck off if you discover that someone that you were friends with is a real shitbag. Uh, it's like, hey, 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 there's accusations that that person you were friends with is, like, a rapist, lecherous shitbag. Fucking ditch them and, and support your friends. Oh, uh, bye-bye. Yeah, exactly. Um, an important message. Yeah, indeed, an important message. Um, I listened to a track called Black Butterflies and Deja Vu by The Main. Mm-hmm. It's a sort of slightly ethereal, fast-paced rock track. Uh, mask vocalist. Very melodic vocal line. Um... Lyrics are about finding someone who makes you feel safe and at home, which is a nice... It's a nice counterpoint to the rock music that is powering the track. you. It's it's nice to have a rock track with that kind of message. Mm. Um, And honestly, I think think that's it on the music, actually. I listen to some more Father Funk. Yeah. I got through uh, Bootlegs and B-Sides, Volume 2 and 3. Unfortunately, my favourite tracks from those were ones that were also on the drum and bass album that I mentioned last week. <laughs> so I guess I don't really have anything to bring this week. That's okay. I'm glad I had two <laughs> songs to bring. Yay! I, I I had more, but then I cut one of them for reasons. Oh, yeah. <laughs> maybe we'll come back to that another time. Yeah, I, when we've got more time, maybe we'll have the discussion I had planned for this segment. Mm-hmm. So then... <gasps> Time for this. Time for this. Hello and welcome to our brand new game show, Mental Health Roulette. (laughs) Today's contestant, introduce yourself. Hello, I'm Clive. Oh, welcome. It's, it's it's fantastic to have you on the show today. So, you know how the game is played, right? We we spin the wheel of mental health, and whatever it lands on, that's what you've got to live with today. I mean, it's the same as every other day. So... Waking up and we spin the wheel. <laughs> today, you've rolled intrusive thoughts. Yay! Why do I have just one line from the movie Cats just repeating over and 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 over in my head? Oh, you're going to be going to sleep tonight thinking about McCavity. McCavity, there's no one like McCavity. But only that bit. But only that bit. McCavity, McCavity, there's no one like McCavity. There's no one like McCavity. Tune in! there's no one like McCavity? I guess this is not a normal Tune in tomorrow to see if you'll get that one tiny slither on the uh, on the wheel that gives you a day off. Right, okay, troops, everyone, everyone, gather round. Everyone, keep yourself trained on the alien saucer. We don't know why they're here. We don't know what they want. They could be here for anything. Prepared, ready. Right, okay, safety off, everyone. It it looks like the ship's opening. Don't fire until I give the signal. Right, right. Who's in charge here? Uh, um, that would that would be me. Hello. You're in charge, are you? Yes. Uh, hello. Right. So 
You keeping all this lot in line, are you? Uh, well, uh, that that is our intention, yes. Right. Okay. Well, what the bloody hell's going on? I, I'm sorry. You keep killing each other. You're ruining the planet. Well, I mean, we're trying to enact uh, reforms that will help to gradually bring the uh, nation to a, b- a better standing Look point. Look at the state of that one down the bottom. It's on fire. It's all on fire. Well, I... And they're still burning coal! Well, it, the planet got hotter, but that's not our fault. We, 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 we can't control the heat of the sun. Well, why are people starving? Well, I, 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 I mean, they don't, don't have a lot of money to with which to pay for... Money? There's enough resources for everyone! You've got a whole bloody planet! Well, I, yeah, we, we, we fell into... There's ca- only seven billion of you! Well, we ended up in capitalism and, uh... Well, you're in charge. Why haven't you stopped it? Well, I mean, there's a lot of people with a lot of money that tell us not to. Right, that's it. No more space travel for you. Sorry? We don't want your probes. We don't want you coming out into the galaxy, into the universe, spreading your capitalism. I... I... uh, You're quarantined until you can sort it out. But we just made a space force. Force? You're going into space with force? So you're planning on taking all your bad habits and taking it into the universe? I am very disappointed, humanity. I'm very, very disappointed. Not angry. I'm going back to my spaceship now. You just think about what you've done. It's so much worse that they're disappointed. Question time. Stop for questions. What's the questions? Well, our first question this week comes from Callum Turner. Hi, Callum. Hi, Callum. Can you drive a car? Slash, do you have a driving licence? I don't have a driving licence. I've driven on roads. I could probably, I imagine, drive an automatic car without too much difficulty. I understand road signs and road positioning and being on a road. I could probably work out an automatic car. I don't understand car, though. I, I, I understand pedal for go, pedal for stop, wheel for turn, indicate... And sticky for... Things. Well, that's why I say automatic. I don't want really to do the sticky. Well, I mean, you've still got to do things like reverse and park and whatever the other... I, I forward one Yeah, is. I would maybe struggle a bit. I feel like I could work out a car if it was an automatic. Probably. Probably. I've never tried. And I have to say, since playing uh, Euro Truck Simulator, I've got better at, like... I mean... Understanding road I, positioning. I wasn't going to say it, but Euro Truck <laughs> Sim is, like, 30% of why I think I could drive a car. What's that? The middle of the road doesn't have to be the middle of, like, where I'm looking directly in front of me. It yes. has to be slightly to the right, of, uh, to yes. the left of me. I have played, like, 300 hours of Euro and American Truck Sim, so, like, I could drive. Yeah, but if you've driven, done too much American Truck Sim, you might end up driving on the wrong side of the That's road. That's fine, I'll go back and play a bit more Euro Truck before we, you know. <laughs> it's fine, I hop back and forth between them pretty easily. Okay. Uh, Red Eye 666 asks, do you have... Uh, do any of you lovely ladies knit socks? Uh, I don't, but my mother does. I'm actually wearing a pair of, of socks your mum knitted yeah. me. My mum knits socks and then she makes like little printed out paper things to wrap it and tape around them to make them look like you bought them in a shop. With like, my mum's name knitted company knitted socks. Mm-hmm. It's adorable. I have like three pairs of her socks and I love them. Mm-hmm. Uh, they also ask, is there too much, uh, is there such a thing as too much owl merch? No. N- no. <laughs> uh, and uh, can I have a hug? Yes. Yeah. Have a hug. Uh. 
Tricky, hi Tricky, asks, uh, if the three of you decided to participate in a game jam, what do you think you'd end up making? Uh, I did a game jam, and uh, that's probably not super applicable. I don't know, what would we make in a game jam? Um, oh, probably something social justice but also yeah. fun to play. I feel like um, choose your own adventure, text adventure type thing um, would be doable in the time limit we'd have for a game jam. Uh, uh, <laughs> a, uh, a recently okay, made one. <laughs> not not on the not on quite the scale of the one you did there. Maybe, maybe something that is more choose branching narrative, um, that kind of thing. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Again, probably something SJWE about. Here's here is a choose your own adventure that puts you through a lived experience that we have or something. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, like here's maybe the... something about the, the joys of polyamory. Indeed, I, I, I could be up for that. A choose-your-own-adventure polyamory text yeah. adventure. Make it entwine or something. Yeah, balance all your partners. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Not on, like, a board. <laughs> uh, Word asks, uh, which song is stuck in your head right now? Uh, you, you, you stared into my eyes and I don't do well with eye contact. Sorry. Um... Uh, I would go for um, uh, Fake Your Death by My Chemical Romance. I've been listening to that a lot because I'm seeing them in the summer. Uh, I didn't have one, but now I've got none and none else stuck in my no, head. No, 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 it's no, the no, earworm. No. It's the earworm. We both went with MCR. Yay! Kellogy <laughs> um, asks, what are some of your favourite shiny, shiny Pokemon colour changes? I like all the ones that turn blue, like Blue Psyduck and Blue Ditto. Blue Ditto's good. I like blue did yeah, I like, most of them I don't like because they go green. I'm I don't like a nice neon green either. I I don't like the uh, the the green ones. Yeah. Um, give me two seconds to scroll down the thing and see if I'm caught by any that have good colours. Oh, another blue one I love. Um, the inverted colours Sylveon. Oh, I like where Sylveon. the pink bits go blue and the blue bits go pink. Mm-hmm. That's a real cute one. I think that'll do it for answers. You got any to throw in? I mean, I don't know most of them. Oh, is that a uh, recent new wheezing? Oh, yeah, Galarian wheezing. It's sort of um like brownish grey, like the oh. smokestacks. That doesn't look like a super different colour. No. Maybe I'm thinking of there's... a different Pokemon. Oh, you're thinking of the right Pokemon. It's not a super different colour. It's, it's kind of like Gengar that basically looks identical. Okay. Yeah. I, I just like the blue ones. The blue ones are all good. I like the uh, pink ones. Cr- Cramorant looks like that seagull that got dipped in the curry sauce and they thought was a new breed of bird and it's like, oh no, that's a curry seagull. I assumed it was a loftwing. I mean, maybe it's a bit of, maybe it's a loftwing. Yeah. Um, shiny Jigglypuff, shiny Wailord. I like the purples. Oh, I do yeah. like the purples. There we go, there's some answers. There you go. Uh, well, that is all the questions. Thanks for the questions. Thank you for the questions. Uh, yeah. If you want to get involved in questions, uh, I do a question thread on Tuesdays on Twitter. Just, if I remember. <laughs> you can just send me send me tweets anytime with a, uh, like a this is a Queer and Pleasant Strangers question. Yeah, maybe hashtag Queer and Pleasant Strangers. Hashtag Quips. Q and PS. QPS. QPS. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hashtag Quips. Hashtag Quips. Uh, that is all the questions. So... Oh. Time for this. Time for this. Do you know what I want to see more of? What do you want to see more of? Racial justice warriors. Racial justice warriors? Yeah. All right, Larry. All right, Larry. How you doing? I'm not too bad, mate. Not too bad, are you? Oh, I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. How's your, uh, your week treat? Yeah. Oh, not too bad, you know. This is uh, another post-Brexit week. Oh, I know. I know how it's going. I know how it's going. 
I've, I've been doing my best to uh, drown it all out with a bit of media, you know, just uh, play a bunch of video games, watch yeah. a bunch of tally, uh, listen to music and whatnot. Yeah, I don't mind a bit of video game. Quite a fun of uh, the old uh, Connect 3s. You know, I play a bit of Steel Cog hard sometimes, but, uh, you know, I'll also, you know, play a bit of, uh, bit, a bit of Sweet Crush sometimes, you know? Yeah, yeah, you know, I, don't know. I was uh, a bit hooked on the old Sweetie Crush myself for a while. Yeah, but like, I was, I was, you know, I was doing what I do. I was going on social media and going like, oh, I love, I love video games, yeah. and you know, talking about the games I'd been playing. And oh, oh I don't got, tell me, did you hit one of those gatekeepers? Yeah, you know, when I was talking about my love of you know the the stealth action, you know, hardcore games, yeah. everything was fine. But as soon as I start saying, I also really like playing, you know, this game on my phone where I connect. Some things up together. Yeah. Suddenly, oh, you're not a real gamer. You don't really play games. What are you trying to get in on a hobby for? Yeah, it's it's a really weird one. I mean, as someone who also plays like a good number of like online mobas and yeah, some of the yeah. uh, the the Wolf and Dooms and the and all those ones, and then then you know maybe liking just a bit of just like mobile Sudoku. Yeah, like I'm quite excited about that making a making a town one that's coming up with all the animals. Yeah, yeah, but also the the, the Wolf and Doom that's coming out related to that one. Yeah, yeah. Well, I will say there is, is something nice that that Wolf and Doom and that animal one. You know, they, yeah, it can be have been real nice to each other. Uh, I mean, of all the game-related communities, those two seem to be getting on really well, and it's very yeah. pleasant to see. They, they're but... coming out on the same day, and they've basically gone, hey, we're very different, but we're both games. Let's, you know, let's support each other, be exactly. nice to each other. And that's, that's what we need. Well, exactly. It doesn't matter if it's casual or if it's more like, you know, like your sims that you have to play for days on end, like, like turn-based, like the... Um... Warriors of Strength and Wizardry. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Played a lot of that for a while. I imagine so. But, like, this is just generally a thing with gay people in the media. It's, you know, you get people who are like, oh, you can't wear a shirt for that band if you've not seen them live before. Or, Ugh. you know, oh, you say you're a real fan of this, of this uh, superhero. Have you read every comic and seen every adaptation of the character? Yeah, and... it's, it's a weird, like, tribalism like plus gatekeeping yeah it's it's people building uh the media they consume into a part of their identity and not wanting to feel like someone has cheated their way into that identity trait you haven't watched as much of this as uh, you don't have the time or resources or spoons to watch as much of this as i have or consume as much of this as i have and therefore you are a lesser human being this is really disappointing because like the way that this should work and i wish it would work is Oh, you love you like that thing that I like, but you've you've experienced a lot less of it. Let me recommend to you uh, things you might not have seen that uh, that you might like, or yeah. you know, like here's here's what I would suggest trying next in that. Like, get excited that someone else is finding your passion. Talk about the things they the bits of it they've seen. What did they like? You know, encourage them to love the thing more, so more people love what you love because that's just going to help your the thing you love to get more of it made. Yeah, absolutely. You know, growing a community and a fan base for your medium is is always a positive. Exactly, and of, of course, the the more eyes you're getting on the thing, the more the creator of the thing is seeing, hey, people yeah. like the thing that I make. That's it. I will continue to make that thing. And maybe you don't want to play the uh, you know connect the the sweeties game on your phone, but 
the more people who, you know, try out games like that and go, oh, I do like games as a medium, maybe I'll try something more, uh, more uh, core experience, you know. It's uh, not, yeah, but there's also, like, people who, you know, might have uh, issues of, of, of yeah. like, fine motor yeah. control. They might find something that's, like, more of a, a puzzle game or, like, uh, just a, a, like, a real no-stakes yeah. game, much e- more manageable yeah. but still an engaging experience to someone who is uh, still young and has yeah. the sort of mind and reflexes for things that are just like yeah I can pick someone out of a scene very quickly and I can shoot them right in the head yeah. well that's it it's it's all part of one community and we're better off for having that diversity of experiences and it'd be better if the world just let there be more types of things and let people love things the things that they love, the way they want to love them. Absolutely. Not every type of art has to be for every type of person. Yeah. Ah, oh, you're up for a hug, mate. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Ah. Oh. Ah. Oh. Good hug, mate. Good hug, good hug. Oh, oh, should right. we pop the kettle on? Yeah, we'll have a cup of tea. Co- oh, a cup of tea. Nice. Solana! Yes? Where can we find you on Zoom on that darling? Laura K. Buzz in all the places. Laura K. Yeah, Buzz places. on Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, Patreon. That's the one that pays the bills. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can find all of the things I post at laurakbuzz.com, be it freelance features, written articles, uh, podcasts, videos. You can find me on Twitch on a regular schedule now. I am on Twitch Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, starting at 10 p.m. UK, 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific, for probably about two to three hours. Uh, you should check me out. I am doing streams over there. Those have been really nice. We've been doing chill evening streams where I'll have a nice cup of tea and we'll talk in a nice gentle voice. I've got books. Uncomfortable Labels. It's about being gay and trans on on, on the autism spectrum. It's out now where books are sold or as an audiobook on laurakbuzzstore.com. There is Things I Learned from Mario's Butt, which is an illustrated coffee table book of silly and serious video game character butt reviews that has a bunch of guest journalists and developers that have contributed stuff to it and a bunch of art. Other than that, I'm on some podcasts. I am on Pixel Squirt, which is a video game porn review podcast. I am on Podquisition, which is a podcast where we tell you whether your favourite video games are great or perfect. And I am on Dice Funk, which is a Dungeons and Dragons podcast. I'm on seasons three, four, five, six, and soon season seven. What about you, Jane? I'm Maniac Janiac on Twitter and YouTube. I'm Stone Monkey Radio pretty much everywhere, or just Janiac. Uh, I am Stone Monkey Radio on, on Patreon. That's the one that helps pay some of my bills. Wouldn't it be nice if I got some more of those so that I could yeah, take a day off from day support, job? Support Jane on Patreon. Do that thing. Yes, I would do it appreciate. So thank you very much to my patrons. Thank you to Fat 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 Nut. That's a lot of fapping. And a nut. I mean, at least it ended well. At least it ended well. Jaden, Cassiopeia Swift, Omega on the Same, Tallulah, Callum Turner, S. Kearney, J. Logan. Uh, Larry Yelling NB, Tales of Inquiry, Constantine Goon, uh, or Goone, uh, Robin, uh, Kellogy Goodell, uh, who has been helping me out on Twitch streams recently over mm-hmm. at twitch.tv slash Janiac. We've been looking at old Magic the Gathering cards. Ooh. Uh, vegan recipes. 
have too much preamble. <laughs> Rob Beard Harding. Uh, Jürgen Indy wants to wind me further. Uh, and uh, Basin is back. Thank you so much to all of my Patreones. Um, SoundCloud, where you could be listening to these now. <laughs> um, I think those are all the really important ones. I super appreciate it. Oh, I'm Redbubble. I'm Janiac slash Stoned Monkey Radio on Redbubble. You can get a Spookake t shirt or, or a butt plug soup bath mat. Nice. So, Laura, <gasps> sing us out, darling. Until next time, be a stranger. I will.